Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us on YouTube and everywhere else that you listen. Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever. Make sure you subscribe. And as always, we talk judging in MMA, so make sure you brush up on the scoring criteria. Or actually read it instead of pretend like you actually know it. That's right. Don't forget, it's not just damage is king. All right, guys? Effective striking and grappling. Damage, damage, damage. Well, that's just words. Now you're just saying words. Damage. Damage. Control. <laughs> control. Top control. Top control. You know, because I, I had a thought, because when they were talking about the statistics, as they often do on the broadcast, right? And they're always talking about control and everything. The UFC stats website needs to define what constitutes control, significant strikes, and all that stuff, and make it clearly available and accessible to any and every person. Because there's no glossary of term that just explains these kind of things for people. What is top? What is control? Is it when you sit in someone's guard, but you're on top? Is it when you're clinching them against the cage? What is the UFC counting as control? And that has nothing to do with scoring and judging and that kind of thing. We're just talking. I'm just talking about you know kind of the idiosyncrasies of their statistical measures oh we know what they count as control though everything we do Everything? Control is anyone who's on top. Yes, that is true. That's what they count as control. But it's it's, it's they could be stuck in a triangle. Control, we're on top. I still want to see. And I was talking about this too. I want to see them if they're going to measure stuff like that. Measure time in dominant positions, right? That would make more sense. Or even you can even break it up as like time, you know, with the body triangle, time on the back, time in mount, you know. Maybe number of punches landed from mount or something, you know, track these type of thing. I think that would be more interesting statistics that could be telling about a fighter. That would be a lot better. A, a lot more useful, too. I think so. A lot more yeah. useful. Yeah. It's the, just a I broad mean, control, 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 which is different than the control that's in the scoring criteria. Yeah. And whoever was con- in charge of the commercial controller, take a break. Which the, one? The commercials. Whoever was in charge of press and play for commercials, go for a walk. We didn't need that many commercials. Never. For a service we pay for. That's true. We it's a streaming service we pay for, and there was an exuberant amount of commercials. I don't even think we got to see a Jim Miller walkout because of the commercials. I had a debate in my head whether I should call you out for using the word exuberant wrong, and I just did. Exuberant means a lot. No. Well, <laughs> I tried to be like Scott and use a big word. I didn't. You did No, you used the big word. I didn't use There's it no right, de- apparently. Yeah, What's exuberant mean, then? Exuberant means like you're excited. Yeah, they were very excited about putting on a lot of commercials. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> they couldn't get enough of it. They press play, commercial, play, commercial. Nobody cares about the 30 for 30 on Gladiators. I mean, I'm mildly interested. I'm not going to watch it, but like... No, it's horrible. It just sounds horrible. <laughs> did you Did you care about American Gladiators as a kid? I'd catch it here and there. Yeah, I mean, same. Like, you know? Big we used deal. we used to play on the playground, uh, like on there would be like balance beams you'd stand mm-hmm. on, and we would you know grab sticks and be the, the oh yeah you do the jousts yeah, yeah that, that was fun but that's it, pre- that's basically the extent of it just I don't remember anyone's name there was probably someone called Turbo oh for sure there was someone Turbo someone had to be Turbo yeah but we got we got a Turbo boost back into the actual judging uh, conversation mm-hmm. here because this is an episode that I think a lot of people are going to want to listen to because it involves one of the bigger judging you know kerfuffles i guess of the year right 
everybody oh, yeah, started to have an opinion What's a about kerfuffle. Uh, kerfuffles. You know, I'm I'm probably using that word wrong. To be fair, too. <laughs> it's kerfuffle. Sounds like a made up word. It does sound like a kerfuffle. It sounds like a made up word. I'll give you the quick definition for you very quickly. Kerfuffle is a commotion or a fuss. So I did use it correctly. Especially one caused by conflicting views. Okay. Yeah. I used that about as accurately as I could. Who would have, who would have thought we'd be talking about a flyweight fight on a judging show? Well, especially in a main event because that yeah. doesn't happen very often. But <laughs> here we are, we have it, and uh, yeah. So the way it went down, of course, for those who may be tuning in and just lived under a rock somehow, uh, Amir Albazi picked up a split decision victory over Kai Car France, forty-eight forty-seven both ways. You know, two two for Albazi, one for Car France. Um, in a fight that, as late in the fight as round five, play-by-play uh, -play man Brendan Fitzgerald was saying, well, the Twitter scores are indicating that the judge, you know, scores could be all over the place. And then we end up with a scenario where the scores are kind of all over the place, and everyone seems confused. And angry for some reason. And, and very angry. Now, look, if anyone's going to be angry... Kai Carafran should be angry because he lost. He didn't get the decision. You can be mad about that. That's okay. The people who care about him, Israel Desanya, of course, called that out, uh, you know, in maybe some vulgar terms. Uh, that too. They're friends. They care about each other. You can be mad about that kind of thing. You can care for your friend. If I if I was uh if I was, you know, let down in a situation and things didn't go my way, I'm sure you'd have my back, my friend. Honestly, I would call robbery till kingdom come. Yeah. I would I would I would go I would go all in. Yeah. Well, that's, but that's me. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. It get, you get it from that. Everyone else, though. Even if he got finished, <laughs> called a robbery. That's true. Mm -hmm. I should have not, they should have known better than to touch me. Mm -hmm. Leave me alone and let me hate you. <laughs> but, but in, in all seriousness, though, it, everyone went, not everyone went nuts. I don't think this was as bad as some other ones. It, 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 to be fair, you saw a lot of reasonable people saying, listen, just because it's a close fight is doesn't mean it is a robbery. Yeah. We did have a lot of people who felt the opposite of that. I saw a bunch of people calling this robbery, saying this was crazy and that kind of thing. And and honestly, look, I'll be upfront here. I had the fight 49-46 for Kai Car France. I gave him four out of five rounds. Amir Albazi winning is not a problem to me. It's just not. Not an issue. That's I'm going to start right there. We'll get into the details of it why. But one of the interesting things about this fight in particular, and another fight on this card actually, uh, is that they both qualify for the the unofficial title that I've given fights of this nature as the alternative decisions. Which yes. I you know I've, I've been using this term for a couple of years on our show here. And for those who don't know, an alternative decision is when you have a fighter who won the majority of rounds. So in this case, this particular fight we're talking about, Albazi France, somebody won three rounds, except they lost the decision. The reason being, one fighter, the losing, excuse me, the winning fighter in this case, won two rounds unanimously, mm -hmm. but two other rounds, Amir Albazi lost two out of three cards. Mm -hmm. So he did get a card in each of those instances, but just not the majority of them in certain rounds. So we do have two split rounds to talk about. That Kai Car France won, of course, round five. That was the round that of any of these, I don't think anybody was going to argue with that one. Round three, of course, also went to Albazi too. And round two, that was one that I thought went for Kai France. So that was one I had separate and, and opposite of the judges here. But mm -hmm. nonetheless, I can kind of see where that would happen. You know, I can I could see how it could go yeah. either way. It's a close, close round. 
Um, so I'm not too up in arms about it. But I was curious what you thought. Yeah, I did. I thought Albazi uh, did, and I thought he landed harder in that round. Um, it's a very close round. I th- it, the problem is Albazi doesn't come alive until like the last minute thirty. Mm-hmm. So you I mean. You can go either way. Really. So, uh, so what you would say is probably Carafrance has built up enough of a lead. How much is he going to overcome it? You know, mm-hmm. how much does Albazi make up the ground? Yeah. It's not a big round. There's not a whole lot happening one way or the other. So it's you know it's, it's almost one of those tough things, right? That's not what we're really going to be talking about, though. No one, no one's kind of discussing that. We're really talking about, especially round four from this fight, is the one that everyone kind of latched onto as the thing that they're very mad about, right? That that super mad thing. Well, we'll talk mm-hmm. about round one as well of this fight because we do talk about of course the contested rounds from this event all the rounds that the judges disagreed upon you mm-hmm. want to just dive into round one let's get to round one yeah let's, let's. we should do that um the judges for this fight by the way were uh um sal D'Amato, chris lee and uh mike bell so uh yeah why don't we start with round one what's going on here yeah much of a feeling out process early uh they exchange a few punches a couple leg kicks each i think albazi has the edge early and then Cara France starts landing a bit more upstairs. It's it's really close, and Albazi's moving uh, Cara France when he when he does land. He's getting like moved off his center line, getting shoved around a bit. Which Dean Thomas does talk briefly about about how you know that that could look good to judges. Uh, nothing's really landing that clean from Albazi. Cara France pulled slightly ahead for me, and then at the end, while Albazi is doing his uh, best Roy Jones Jr. impression with his hands behind his back. He eats a solid straight right down the pipe. What, that, what are the best punches of the round? Yeah, that really helped put it over for me to say, yeah, I'm, this is Cara France 10-9. Yeah, it, it's almost remarkable that a punch like that can land and he'll still actually get the round score because it, that's like super disrespectful. Not that not that that's the type of thing that judges should be ne- you know knocking, mm-hmm. but you just kind of look at it as a, as a as an observer of combat sports, you're like, and this guy's gonna do that and get this round. Well, it's a close round. Yeah. I, well, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think of it in that terms. I think of it in more of the terms like, "Wow, that was dumb." No, it was you dumb. Just, and again, I, just again, you wouldn't necessarily say, "Well, that has to count more against right. him because he didn't right. play defense." It's really about yeah, the just, effect. That we're only scoring effect of these punches. You ate a shot completely. You didn't, you didn't have to. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and I mean, for goodness sake, if he doesn't eat that punch, it might be almost easier to go for. For Albazi mm-hmm. here, yeah, that one, that one's like okay. I, f- I feel good about Cara France now. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, it was this is this is not the this is not the round to go crazy about. To no, be fair, I, no. I, you know, I'm not saying it's that you can't round. score it for Albazi. Um, as was the case from Judge Saldamato, he gave this round to Albazi. It was judges Chris Lee and Mike Bell who scored this for Cara France. Did you have it for Cara France? Yeah, yeah, yeah I did too. Yeah. Um, like I said, I I gave four out of five rounds, so. Um, there won't be any surprises in how I see these two rounds here, but the the thing that, that kind of stuck with me about this round right after we were watching, like immediate reaction, was there's just not a whole lot of big things happening in this mm-hmm. round. It's just, it's it's a little bit of a low, not necessarily low output, but low land. You know, like there's there's people that are moving. Well, actually, you know what? Low impact. It is actually very low output for about a minute fifteen. Yeah, yeah it's there's almost nothing happening. Yeah, it's just yeah, like you said. Um. This is not the type of round that people at home should get crazy about the judges for. This is the type of round where you should be sitting at home and saying, why can't the fighters try and get it going? Now, listen, I get it. I'm not a fighter. You know, I I hate to cast stones like that. But at the same time, we've seen fighters get out there and get after it. And if you can put stamps on these rounds, it's a lot better for you. Yeah. If If you take too long to get it going, all I'm saying is 
it's hard to go crazy on the judges for that. You made a choice. They're evaluating you based on the choices you made and the results of your action. I was going to get into that in the next Especially round. Especially the results. But since we're on it now, yeah. I mean, at some point, Cara France or Albazi could have done something to separate themselves. In this round in particular, I think absolutely. And in round four. <sighs> they didn't. And this is what we get. I have I have stronger thoughts the other way on round four. But let's, we'll, we'll right. just, let's just make sure we, we finish up round one before we get to that point, right? Do you have anything else that you kind of were thinking about this round? Because I'm not no, seeing not really, people no. go crazy about that. I don't think people are no, that mad not. about this one. No. Um, It did end up being the case where... Saldamato did have this round or, or to have the fight uh, scored in favor of Amirabazi, right? Because he gave what, rounds one, two, and three. And, you know, everybody sees Saldamato puts, puts his name on anything and they're just like up in arms because it's Saldamato because that's all they hear, mm-hmm. right? But I don't think this is a bad score. I don't think no. so at all. And I, I think anyone who's naming him should is being extremely unfair in this case. Yeah, I would agree. So, so. yeah, that, that was really the only thing i wanted to take away from this round before we moved on do you have anything else no yeah let's go to four what's going on in round that's four this is the one that's going people people went a little more nuts over it's a pretty stupid round to be upset about mm-hmm. i think kyra france hardly throws anything with power that lands it's mostly jabs that land a couple leg kicks i don't think the significant strike numbers are accurate considering most of what he's throwing is jabs and i do think he's missing a lot of them uh albazi did land a couple decent shots but he's not throwing a lot of them at all I just can't get behind someone claiming robbery because of this round. I think Cara France is the better score. But like you mentioned previously, he did not put a stamp on this round by any stretch of the imagination. And like I said, at some point, these two could have done something to separate themselves. Now, I'm not going to say that you can't win a fight with a jab. BJ Penn versus Sean Shirk, great example of a fighter using a jab effectively. Heavily impactful. George St. Pierre, Josh Koscheck. And that's another one. Yeah, Josh Koscheck had nerve damage from his eye from a jab. Yeah. For five rounds. Yeah, it was a repeated jab, so, to be fair. <laughs> but that's not what's what happening here. No. Cara France isn't putting anything else behind. He's, he's throwing some heavy shots. He's hitting a lot of air with those heavy shots. The ones that are landing are just the jab over and over and over, which he does win the, the round because of this, I think. But also, you can't get that upset when it goes the other way because the other guy may have landed something uh, or a few more things with, with a bit more impact. The big thing that people seem to be latching onto with this is when they heard the numbers, that's when they were like, how can this be, right? Everyone's latching onto the, the numbers, stats. the stats, the scoring, how we, you know, the total strikes and the significant strikes here, right? To, to go back to round one, actually, just, just to bring it up real quick, the significant strikes, which, of course, would imply that there are non-significant strikes or insignificant strikes as well, but... The significant strikes, it was 13 to 6 landed in favor of uh, KKF, and it was 20 to 12 total strikes. So there's a bit of a margin here. I don't watch that round and say, well, Kai France landed significantly more strikes than he did. It didn't. You don't come away from that round saying that to yourself. I don't. Anyway. That, that was not what the graphic showed. What do you mean the right? graphic? The graphic on screen during the fight. Yeah, but that one's always, that's a, that's a I rough know, one anyway. but that's what they see. Sure. I think that's the one that, that re- they react to. Yeah. But but in particular, round four is the one that people are going nuts over because we have 27 significant strikes landed compared to five for Albazi um, or 29 and seven in the total strike department, right? So not too much more. Each one of them landed two more. Um, Cara France also was credited with a takedown. You know how people love takedowns, or sometimes um, they don't anymore. Kind of got them down. People are very confused. Bit, yeah. But yeah, but, but what did that? Ha- what happened? Yeah, from nothing it? happened. With that's it. what yeah, I'm. Right. That's what right. we're trying to yeah, talk yeah, about. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. As we know, look, you can land a takedown. That's fine. It, it's it. 
is a statistic you have now. And it's not something that didn't happen. You can't ignore it completely. But the problem is evaluating how much effect you got from it. You know, if if it's just a takedown and nothing is yielded from it, it was really just a change in position. If it was landed with a little more of impact, yeah, you kind of weigh that in there, right? But this particular takedown, I don't think does a whole lot necessarily for Kaikara Franz. I think it's just something that happened and they moved on. I it didn't diminish. Do you think this takedown diminished Amir Abazi? Oh, no. Yeah. Do you, 27 landed strikes. Do you think 27 significant strikes landed of any impact? I don't think we have a round here where Kaikara Franz is just piecing up Amir Albazi, right? The numbers would imply that. Then you go and you actually sit and you really watch the fight and the round in particular, round four. And I don't think you come away from this round saying, oh, what a total shutout by Kai Carfranz. I just don't see that. That's not the round we watched. I think I think this is a round for Kai Carfranz. And it's a round that I would I would even say I feel pretty good about scoring for Carfranz. But I also can see it going. Yeah, I agree. I think Carfranz is the better scorer. But also, like you said, this is not a shutout. It's not. It's he no. didn't blow him out of the water. He's landing jabs that aren't that strong. Like that's it. What people ought to do is just count it yourself. Like see if you can count it. The same. You know, th- there's obviously technology involved that are trying. People are trying to evaluate how they uh, get these significant strike totals. But you sit there at home. If if you're sitting there indignant about the idea that they have Amir Albazi winning this close round. And the, and the judge in particular here was Chris Lee. Uh, judges D'Amato and Bell both saw this one uh, for Car France. But Chris Lee, if you're sitting there thinking, what the heck is Chris Lee watching in round four? Go back and watch that round and count the strikes. And in fact, just count the ones you thought were good land. Start there. And I don't think you're going to come up with a giant margin one way or the other. I think you'll, f- I, I feel good about Car France here. I do. Like I said. Mm-hmm. It's the better score. It's. I think it's the better score. I do. I do. Um. But I also think you can get to Albazi here, which is weird. Usually, usually when you do have such such statistical margins, it does have a good indicator of who won the round. But there's yeah, like like we're saying, there's not a whole lot of big lands from Car France. He's just not able to kind of get that one strike that really pushes it over. And I don't know that. A lot of those 27 significant strikes landed very hard or well. Or, or at all. Yeah, maybe not at all. It's hard to say how they get these numbers, right? Just just a weird weird round to be up that upset about. I mean, I get it. The betting community, even though I, I'll give them credit, they were not that upset as a whole that from I saw from, from the ones that I follow Okay, in the betting community. Typically, they're the worst of the bunch. Did they win? Did they do well I don't on know. this I one? don't know if Is they that won. Why? <laughs> I know I don't I don't know their picks. But that could but that all right, that's a factor. Uh, that's what I would imagine that's has a, a lot to do with that. Okay. Because <laughs> usually they're the worst of the bunch. Well yeah, things didn't go but, their way. Yeah. They get they get pissy, you know? So all right. But no, I I just this doesn't seem like the fight that people should be dying on the hill on. I think Didn't on, you see didn't you say you saw someone said this the worst robbery? No, 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 no. No one said this was the worst uh, robbery. I think they were saying... Oh, that was uh, another Arlovsky and Collier was the worst robbery. Yes, I yeah, saw that. I that, gotcha. that that's was... what you said. Okay. And for goodness sakes, let's have a memory that's a little older than two years. I had it for Arlovsky. I remember that fight. I remember that too. Yeah. I also so. don't think it's crazy. I don't remember what I had. I actually don't remember my score. But I also remember distinctly thinking, why do we care this much about this particular fight? And not just because it was a heavyweight fight on the pre or I don't know if it was the prelims, but on a let's let's call it a, a 
throwaway card. Which what which this card was also. Yeah, the throwaway card. This was a throwaway card. Having said that, this was a fight I was looking forward to. And I think a lot of people this were was, actually yeah, this was in this the one fight minus the Jim Miller ma- mauling. And and the significance of the fight has nothing to do with whether it's a biggest robbery or not. I would say the biggest robbery in the UFC of the last 10 years and possibly the only true robbery that I can really come up with in 10 years is Ross Pearson not getting the nod against Diego Sanchez. <laughs> that fight means nothing. It meant something, I guess, at the time, but not distinctly it's not like either one of them was on the cusp of title contention for this fight uh, but it's it's not the significance of the fight it's the it's the degree to which you can make an argument for enough rounds to get a win for the fighter who got the win can you give the fighter in a three-round fight two rounds and make a compelling case if you could do that it's a it's not a robbery if you can't i call it a robbery yeah if you if you if you have a well also, your explanation has to be in line with the criteria. Yes, of course. Okay, absolutely. So you need to make you, sound. That's, yeah. That, yeah, that should be implied, but thank you mm-hmm. for saying it anyway. Yeah. Read the criteria, like we said at the top of the show. <laughs> All right. I think we, we hammered that one. The, the only thing I would say, though, the only thing I would add is is because this is Chris Lee, and because Chris Lee has been embroiled in, in some of these, especially in main event decisions before, he tends to end up being a punching bag too i mean same thing happens with sal d'amato like we said sal is on like one in three fights it's it's ridiculous how many times he is on a fight so like you're gonna hear his name a billion times of course you're gonna start associating because you just hear that name chris lee does not work nearly as many as sal does because no one really does but chris lee is still one of the most active judges in mma he does get a lot of main event decisions and i will say as much as i think chris lee is a terrific high level judge who should still be judging fights in modern MMA, absolutely, 100%. It's like two or three times a year, maybe probably more like one or two even, that Chris Lee will turn in a scorecard and you and I even will be scratching our heads like, what was going on here? It really, it does happen. It's yeah. And it's, it's not a problem that's going away. I don't think it happened here, but it does underscore a point that we do see with Chris Lee from time to time is that he will turn in these scores. It's like, what, what, what was going on there? And most of the time we think he's great, like I said. I think he was your, was he your judge of the year last I year. I gave it to him. That's yeah. right, you did. He had, he had a low. Uh, I disagreed. I he had a low low descent. He did, but that, so it's I more than that, you know. That. So I, I I I didn't. I remember distinctly what happened in the uh, you get a the low... Josh Emmett fight and, and, and when he got the win over I forgot Calvin Cater. I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I overlooked that one. I think you did. I think you gave him a pass, <laughs> and I didn't. I I specifically did not. Um. I again, I'm going to I'm going to stress it again. I think Chris Lee is a good judge and should still be judging. But also the sheer prevalence of the fact that these things do happen. It kind of reminds me of that. It would be more preferable to me if maybe Chris Lee was not on as many main event assignments and that it was left to some other judges who have less consistency of turning in these kind of head scratcher scores from time to time. Right. Well, yeah, you, had, you also had, you had Ron McCarthy on this on. That was working. Ron McCarthy has done a bunch of of main um, events. I would love to see. I mean, yeah, Derek Cleary was Clary also was there. there. Absolutely. Um, he wasn't here on this one, but Eric Cologne mm-hmm. has worked main events. He's someone who I think should be getting assignments. Of course, when they do bring over uh, Ben Cartledge now, yep. who who is uh, a now a Nevada based, technically an England based judge, but a Nevada um, licensed judge. Mm-hmm. That's the word I'm looking for. Licensed. Uh, when he comes over, he could do main events too. He didn't this time. He was not uh, over on this side of the pond, as far as I know. Um, there are a lot of options. I would 
probably feel more comfortable with Chris Lee was utilized less in main events. But again, it's not really because of this fight. It really mm-hmm. isn't. But it, it, it's a conversation that I think people are having who are a little more aware of this kind of thing. Yeah, and, the one, I mean, the one that stands out is Felder and RDA. That one, obviously, really, that was yeah. the eyesore and that kind of thing. I, I don't I don't really recall the the the, uh, the Josh Emmett one. Oh, I just think Calvin Cater. I don't I don't really remember that fight. Too, nah, that was too a bigger deal. We we talked about that one. I know. We talked I know. About they, it. We I talk about all these, so yeah. they you know they can go by and that kind of thing. But yeah, that was that was a bigger deal too. Um, it's not like it was a robbery because you can. We I remember what it was. You can give three rounds. We we knew we could give three rounds reasonably mm-hmm. to Josh Emmett. It was not a robbery because of it. But round four going to him was not good. Okay. Sort of like what we talk about in and you'll remember this fight. I think probably even more. Figueredo Moreno number one. Yeah. Being the case yeah. where round, round five. five should not have gone to Brandon Moreno in any way. Mm-hmm. And yet Janitra Camijo, who is one of the best judges in mixed martial arts and also should be doing main events, but he just did not work this event. Yeah. Um, he gave that round to Moreno. Bad score. Great judge. These things happen. You didn't have off, off These things happen in MMA. I mean, why are they expected to be absolutely perfect? But a fighter can have an off night. Ah, he just had an off night. You know, why? Shouldn't hate him. Well, now. they 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 hold the uh, the fighter's livelihood in their hands. They they are the ones who. Oh, they can, made their contract. They're the ones who can prevent them from getting their win bonus. Yes, absolutely. right. Yeah, they made the contract. That's right. And the pay structure. You got it. The judges were in the room for that, Nailed and they it. specifically demanded that. Mm-hmm. That's right. I yes. forgot about that. Yes, absolutely. Um, that is, that's one of the key things that I think people need to remember is that it's not the, the judges have so little say in everything that's going on in the world, and they're not doing anything out of revenge or spite or to, to exercise some sort of power over a little fiefdom or something like that. Uh, fiefdom, fiefdom. I was going to that up. I don't but, even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> fiefdom. Every every week, I think it's fiefdom. Every week, I'm teaching you something. Well, I don't. I didn't teach you this. One. I've never used it. any of the words you say ever, <laughs> except when I question it. That's the only time it ever comes out of my mouth. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I was going somewhere with that. Somewhere would have. Oh, but the, the point. The point is, these judges really don't have a lot of control over anything, and they're not trying to be powerful over other people. They're just doing their jobs as best they can. I think they care about their jobs distinctly. They love um, the sport more than anybody else. They're they're like, like it's much easier to call them like MMA nerds, the most of the ones that we've interacted with, than to call them disinterested or to to call them petty or anything like that. I think they just want to do the right job. I think they're all hoping to get through every event without drama like this, so that they don't have to go home and hear that their loved ones have had their lives threatened. Damn, insane. It is insane. Um, You're sorry your $20 parlay didn't hit because their fighter kept it close. For real. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that was that was really the last thing I kind of had to say about this particular fight. So we can move on to the other alternative decision mm-hmm. of the uh, of the evening. And this one did not come with the accompanying um, outrage because I think what happened was we still got the fighter that the large majority – of people thought should have won, got the win. So everyone kind of just let it slide, and we just move on. It was a split decision victory for Eliseu Zaleski dos Santos, who I've seen called anything from Eliseu Zaleski to Eliseu dos Santos to Eliseu Zaleski dos Santos. No one can make up their mind what to call this guy. So I'm just going to go with Easy DS. Easy DS. Easy DS. It's a lot easier. I've seen it before, too. This isn't me originally originating it. Uh, but he got the win over Abubakar Numagamadov. The two longest names. Yeah, this is a uh, this is like a syllable fest over here. 
Um, but it was all 29, 28s all each way, two for uh, EZDS, of course. I was trying to count all the unique letters in the each name combined. <laughs> Lost track. You can do that later. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of them. I understand. Um, these are longer than the words I'm using. Yeah, I know. Hereforth, Nurmagomedov is known as Nurmi. Nurmi, that's fair. For yeah. me. EZDS so. and Nurmi? Mm-hmm. Nah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but we have rounds one and two are split. Um and in both cases, just to lift the lid on it, we already called this an alternative decision. Nurmaga Madoff won the round on two of three scorecards in each case. But because EZDS won round three unanimously and the judges had different rounds and different, you know, each judge had different rounds, it worked out where EZDS still got the win, even though two out of three rounds went to Nurmaga Madoff. Mm. That's your alternative decision. Let's go into round one first. Of Did course. you ever add up the... the- all the scores together individually to see what number comes out higher. Wait, Does you, it still come out what's higher? Your, what's for, your question? I don't really for an atter- alternative decision. Add each individual round score mm-hmm. for each fighter and who comes out ahead in no, that situation. It ends up being in this case it would be five to four. Okay. Yeah. So like you have you have if you're assigned a point to each time a judge okay. gave you like is that what you're kind of talking about? Yeah, but I was yeah. at the exact number like ten. You get ten twice and then nine once, so twenty nine for this. Oh, round. oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, um, but it, but ahead. it's the same thing. It, it, it would be it, the same. It still works that way. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it it's essentially comes out to five rounds to four. Mm. Okay. You know, if you were just to give a point to each time a judge gave them the round, gotcha. It would be five to four in favor of the winning fighter, as opposed to the. Things you know. would get hairy if there was an eight involved somewhere. Well, yes, with of an course. eight split. That that I don't I don't know if you can have alternative decisions with eights, but we're de- we're belaboring the point. Let's get into round one. Uh-huh. I was interested. I know. Uh, Nermi cracks Dos Santos with two good shots early, wobbles him, uh, and then he presses him against the cage. Uh, and they spend a whole lot of time here. Whole lot of knees too. Uh, Easy DS is throwing some knees to the body. Nermi's throwing some knees to the legs. <laughs> I don't think either one is landing particularly that strong. Uh, they separate. EZDS gets a lot more aggressive, throwing a lot of kicks. But I think he's missing most of them or landing on the hand, inside the forearm, on the glove. Uh, he does land a nice body kick. Uh, that was pretty flush. Outside of that, I don't think he landed much of anything else that was clean. Um, and with Nermi's offense early, where he actually did have EZDS hurt. I don't think anything he did surpassed it. So ten nine Nurmaga Madoff. I have uh, also have Nurmaga Madoff getting the round here, but this, this is close. This is this is. I suppose fine. he kind of he. I mean, he fights back to make it close. Uh, sure. I don't. I mean, maybe Ron Ron McCarthy has a different angle where he's seeing these kicks land. Sure. I I didn't think they landed uh, on any like target that would end a fight or be considered a land. But sure. So would you say you just feel good about your score? Yeah, I feel I feel good it? about it. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I feel good about mine, but also I, I'd see it close enough, and I just don't think there's an extreme amount of real action happening in this round either. It was a, it was a not a great round. Yeah. So that and again, anytime you have a round like that, sometimes yeah, you can count it on your hands, and in theory, it sounds easier, but it also it makes it very challenging because <laughs> no one's taking the round. You know, mm-hmm. that's always tough. Um, so, but again, we cited in the majority. You and I did. With Nurmaga Madoff, we saw it the same way as judges Brian Minor and Derek Cleary. It was, like you said, Ron McCarthy who had it for EZDS. Um, round two. Uh, similar to round one, I just think at distance, EZDS is landing some good leg kicks, a uh, couple good shots to the head. Uh, and I thought his knees were actually stronger in this round in the clinch. I thought he did did really well in the clinch in this round. And the difference for me is Nurmaga Madoff didn't have that early uh, offense that he had in round one where he rocks EZDS. It, it didn't happen this time. 
And I think that's why I go Dos Santos. So 10-9 Dos Santos. I also have Easy DS here. Um, Again, this, this is another round I also don't feel that strongly about. I just don't think we're getting... This is a common thing in Zaleski Dos Santos fights. <laughs> and I said this to you before. Every fight involving Eliseo Zaleski Dos Santos feels like you're going to get 30 to 40 strikes landed by either guy. And then you have to decide, okay, over the course of 15 minutes, which of them actually ended up landing a little bit better than the other? Yeah, in theories, one of them might have the numbers, but also, is anyone landing bigger than the other? I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. I don't know if it's his capoeira style or what that's kind of making his fights play out in the way they do, but this happens all the time with these EDS. He's fight dancing? Yeah. That's what he's doing? I'm I'm not as knowledgeable. I'm not knowledgeable enough on on capoeira to really understand it. Me neither, but it it. looks cool. But like, but at the same time, like you used, I used to hear this anyway, and a lot of this could just be conjecture. So I'll, I'll, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But I used to hear that it was just dance fighting; it wasn't like real martial arts or something like that. But then you hear during broadcast, people will talk about capoeira, like as if it was a, a regular martial art. So I try to take it as seriously as the commentators I do, because I'm, I'm just not very knowledgeable on capoeira in particular. I think when The Rock was in that movie with Stifler. Oh, was is, is that uh, the rundown? I think it's the rundown, and they, yeah, I think he gets. Oh, they, do they also call that Welcome to the Jungle or something? Possibly. I think they have. That's one of those movies that has like alternate names. Like they were like in Brazil, mm-hmm. and they ran into like a group of capoeira fighters. Yeah, and it, it didn't go well for them early. For who? For the Rock. Oh, okay. Well, they had to learn how to dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, neither here nor there. It's just one of those things that's kind of annoying about EZDS fights. But yeah, I I had this round for him. I'm just not yeah, that you know, worked his, up about it. I thought it. his clinch was good. He was sure. the knees. He had you know the Muay Thai clinch around the head, driving the knee up. I mean, weren't the strongest, but I thought they were pretty good. Yeah. So, but we did side in the minority here with Judge Brian Minor. It was uh, Judges McCarthy and Cleary who had it for Namanga Madoff. But what does that mean for Judge Minor? Couch side over. Bam! I added a little extra at the end of that one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I found the extra gear. Kept it going just a little longer. What um, a great time to be in Vegas, though. Why? World Series of Poker just started. Oh. It's like, it's, it's the time to go. Stanley Cup's going on there, too. Yeah. The, oh, it's just... I'm not a hockey guy, but that, that is something. You know what? That's probably why they had this event at the Apex and not at T-Mobile Arena. No, that's exactly <laughs> because, why. Because, you nailed it. Because the Golden Knights were playing their hockey game. It has nothing to do with the fact that it's super cheap for them to put on fights at the Apex all the time now, especially because they don't have to pay, you know, some of their higher level talents to, to fight on these cards very often. Um, I have such ideas to make, make UFC better. Well, you can keep them to yourself because they don't care. They don't care. No, but they're, they're doing what they're doing. Endeavor's going to make the money however they're going to make it. And, you know, you can you can SDFU. Yeah. Yeah. I hate them. I'm sorry. For what they do to me. <laughs> <laughs> making me watch fight cards with fighters or fights just don't matter is this a situation like uh like the trailer for brokeback mountain you know why can't i quit you or whatever they say you wish you could i have quit no them. i don't know you don't remember that movie no that's the one with the i remember the, the movie the i don't Cowboys remember there. i don't remember the trailer oh there was, yeah. i just remember there being a line i actually watched the movie it's not a bad movie to be honest but uh, in the trailer it was like you know i can't quit you or something like that no. the the idea being that you know it sucks that this is going on, but why can't I, just, I get away? I just—that's what it sounds like with you in the UFC right I now. I just—I just want a rooting interest <laughs> in most of the fights. Like back in the day, like I was into every single fight. Now it's like I don't care who wins this fight. 
Well, I'll tell like, you. Let's get it over with and get someone I care about out there. Well, I think it's a multi-pronged thing. I think, number one, back then you were more new to the sport. You were more excited by it. The roster that was, was number one. a quarter of the size. It was a quarter of the size. They had typically not so many regional quality talents on there that they would sign probably earlier than would typically be done. The cards were you know, anywhere from... 10 to 12 fights max now they're like 13 14 very frequently not that this was but the pay-per-views especially now are being uh i think over hyper scheduled every team in a major sport has a roster maximum and then they have a practice squad Mm -hmm. every division the government said listen if you own if you own a promotion you can have (laughs) you can have 25 fighters per division yeah and then that's it i think it would boost competition between promotions Mm -hmm. It would, it would make everything a lot better. Which, which government is getting involved in this one? The United I States government? I don't care what government. Whatever governing body, it could be the commission. or Like the state commissions? No. and I, I don't know. One of them, someone come in to say, hey, listen. I'm just poking holes in everything. 25 max. I don't care who yeah. who says it. 25 <laughs> max per division. That's what you get. Yeah. And that that's it. Never going to happen. I know. you. Can, what they're doing, they're just signing every random talent, hoping that they can just, you know, maybe maybe they'll get something out of this. Maybe they'll turn into the next, you know, big star. I don't even know that that's what it is. That's what they're doing. They're signing. Why do you think Dana White? He's giving out ten contracts. Yeah, but they're signing on, names on, that are clearly not going to do that. Maybe they. Everyone needs jobbers. <laughs> Enhancement talent. Are you calling some of the people on the roster Gilberg? Gilberg, Barry Horowitz, <laughs> SD Jones. I don't know who that one is. A uh, bunch of them. I had the other two. All right, we should we should move on. We got three more rounds to get through, my friend here. Um, we'll start with Tim Elliott. These, these ones are, are, let's say less pivotal to the result, right? Tim Elliott got the win over Victor Altamirano, uh, unanimous decision, two 27s and a 29, 28. We're only talking about it because round two was split. So let's talk about it. Which round was this? Which round fight? two? Which, oh, oh um, Elliott and Altamirano. I was, I was searching for it. Sorry. Uh, I was, I was saying you take yeah. a nap or that's okay. Yeah, I got it. Um, to open the round, Altamirano lands a nice combo, uh, and then is quickly taken down by Elliott lands uh, a few punches from the top here, like hammer fists. Then he starts grinding his elbow into his forehead. Uh, they work their way back to the feet. Altamirano lands a good head kick, gets on top, but it's quickly back to the feet where Elliot lands a solid, strong clubbing left is what they called it. It was, it was a good shot. Uh, Elliot... You know what? I was thinking clubbing left even before they said that okay. out loud. So like, I, I kind of what it was. Yeah, it was. So... He used his hand like a club, and then mm-hmm. it landed. <laughs> clubbing left. Uh he takes him back down to the ground, lands some ground and pound as the round ends. Altamirano had the higher spots in the round, I think, but there's only like two of them uh, for a total of like 17 seconds of the round. Uh, the rest of the round was spent, you know, getting grinded into the ground. So I like 10-9 Elliott. I do too. Um, I didn't even score Altamirano's high points, probably even as high as you did, Yeah. to be perfectly honest. Um, I almost felt like this was a more... I, I felt more strongly for Elliot getting this round over Altamirano than I did for um, Carafrance or Albazi getting the round mm. over, you know, Carafrance in that case. And both times it was Judge Chris Lee here. So that's the only reason I'm kind of linking the okay. two. Having said that, I, I even still understand how you would get Altamirano here. You know, it's not crazy, but it also, one, had no impact on it the actual results. It meant nothing. It really didn't. I mean, not that Chris Lee knows that. He has his tied at this point. So going into it, not knowing how the other scores are, it does make this a be, be a pivotal round, um, but all rounds get, you know, they all merit it anyway. I just, I saw it for Elliot. I think he got the round just like you, just like Judges Ron McCarthy and Derek Cleary. Talk about zero takedown defense. Like, Elliot breathed on him and he went down. 
It was wasn't a great fight. I mean, I think Elliot looked good. Oh yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know what he was gonna do. Yeah, that, that's every Elliot fight. It's usually yeah. exciting, and that's why you need to pair him up with Brandon Royville. <laughs> then they make magic. Well, you pair anybody up with Brandon Royville, it's almost always gonna turn out to yeah. be fun. Generally speaking. Um, and by the way, we didn't really talk about the you know the context of Amir Albazi getting the win here at flyweight in a, in a pivotal fight. It was definitely meaningful for the hierarchy of the 125 pound division. But I think you and I would both. I know you do, but I would agree as well. Brandon Brandon Royval still absolutely has the inside track to the next yeah. title shot once uh, Moreno and right. Pantoja clear this up. Yeah, well, what they were talking. They're like, I don't know about if if Albazi could beat Moreno. Or even Pantoja. I mean, like who knows? Just, I don't. I don't even want to project like, like that. It's but just I don't think at, he earned it with this. Well, I know. Yeah. I know. Karakara France obviously is a uh, let's say probably a more established name. He's got some name recognition. He's fought for the the interim title anyway before. Uh, he's known internationally. They like to feature him, and he's friends with uh, you know some of these other champions coming out of city cock kickboxing. Um, but having said that, I think. Most people would agree that Brandon Royval is a more interesting fighter to watch. Belt for Royval. <laughs> Belt for Royval. And, and also, there's, of course, the stink of everybody going bonkers that Albazi shouldn't have gotten the win or whatever, you know? So do, there's that, too. Do we know what Dana said? I know you, I know you, you, I you did got not some see. notes about uh, I, Yeah, I kind of pe- peeked into a little bit of what was being talked about in the conference, but you and I were focused on trying to plan the show, so I didn't yeah. see everything. Um, and every time I dive into the, uh, the the Dana White press conference thing from far, apparently I get into big media tiffs, so... I'm sitting. Eh. Out. I'm gonna sit it out a little bit. You know what I do? I, you know what I do like? I like when when he disagrees with the general public. You like when he disagrees. I like when with he the, disagrees. In, with in terms of what? In terms of things like this, when he thinks, well, it was a close fight. I mean, no one put a stamp on it. If, if that mm-hmm. was his his take, while the rest of the world is losing their minds over it, that was a, the clearest robbery of all time. Yeah, I have no I idea. Li- I like that because then I didn't even see. Did you see what he said? About this I don't know what he judges. said. Oh, okay. I'm saying if if that was his take, saying a close round or a close fight, super close. I mean, can't leave it in the hands of judges. I mean, that's just what he'll if, say. If that's what he says, while everyone else is saying, "No, this is a clear robbery." Now their now their golden boy hero is going against them. I like when they're when they're kind of like twisted up like that. If you offered him hundred bucks, do you yeah. think he could name the actual scoring criteria? Oh, uh, he'll just say damage. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not that. I mean, won't, he, that won't earn the hundred dollars. They've all been. They've all been trained to say that. Yeah, I like the I like the guy that you got into it with. Who who who's that? Who referenced Dom Cruz? Oh, you're talking uh, as his uh, I don't defense. Want to dwell on that. Yeah, <laughs> I at some point I gave up. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to convince you. So we're just going to move on from this, and we should move on from this fight too, because we got two more rounds to get to, and then we can kind of wrap uh, yeah. up looking ahead. Where are we going? Kind of uh, we're going to go to Philippe uh, Lins getting the win over Maxim Grishin. Uh, in the curtain jerker, 30-27 and 229-28. It was round three that's our split. We already knew who was going to win. Well, we would have if, you know, there was open scoring. But this is a round that just doesn't mean a whole lot. But let's get into it anyway. What happens in round three? Now, they come out swinging heavy early. I'm like, all right, good. Yeah, let's end this already. Atypical of a Max and Grishin. Yeah. yeah, there you go. They're swinging heavy. I do think Grishin does get the best of it. And then Lins, Lins landed in, the, in that sequence too. But I, like I said, I think Grishin got the best of it. There. I do too, absolutely. I think I think uh, that was that's pretty clear. Lins able to clinch and um, pushes him against the cage, and that's what they do most of the round. That's a match from Grisham. Um, you got you got Grisham. <laughs> he's hitting with these little pot shots. 
uh, against the cage. Nothing really big from this. Uh, when they do separate briefly, when they they have another fun exchange, and I think Grishin landed more impactfully here. He lands that you know really nice elbow. I just felt like Linz really had no intentions of doing anything except run out the clock in this round. You know, he probably feels or knows he's ahead. That might be right. No, Let's we, take we don't, we're not evaluating his his. Um, oh, I know, I know, course, I know, but I know but just I'm his just, actions and the results of his he, actions. He's kneeling the ball. Prevent except, prevent defense. He, yeah, except when they actually get separated, and he's like, "Oh, I got, I got better swing." Mm. Um, it's not the most fun way to fight, but I mean, they had they had like five second bursts of funness out of uh, five minutes. So I think it's Christian's round. Long story short, Christian round. I agree. Hmm. I can you give it to Linz? I do think so. Okay. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I had I had Bell and Cleary, but yeah, this this is another round where. Or not, you had Bell and Cleary. I, I, we agreed with judges Bell and Cleary is what I should have said. Uh, as it's getting late. We record these at like ungodly hours. When it's Saturday, yeah. It's yeah. Usually, I mean, yeah. it's it's not much better on Sundays. But... No, it's typically not. <laughs> but uh, it was actually Judge Adelaide Bird who had this one for Linz. I, I still don't think it's that bad a score. We think we can move on to our final round. I think round. The, the worst part oh, yeah. of it is that we had to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. That, that just wasn't unanimous. It's, we it's had to not the it. type of fight that we yeah. want to revisit in any meaningful way whatsoever. <laughs> I, I said this. Uh, I said this to you. And I said mm-hmm. this on uh, on Twitter that I tuned into this particular fight about ninety seconds late. So you know, I had it on. I wasn't really watching, but then I looked up finally, and what was happening? Lo and behold, it was Maxim Grishin pinning Philippe Linz against the cage, which is the default picture that I have for Maxim Grishin in my head of how he fights: just <laughs> pinning someone against the cage and not actually attacking <sighs> he's not my favorite fighter <laughs> but uh he didn't get the win anyway philippe Linz gets the win he gets a little more momentum and he, that means he, he's at least more interesting to watch fight yeah i think he's got a better style it's a more fun style so let's look at our final one let's let's wrap up contested rounds here Dontel mays got the win over andre arlovsky with a round two tko which uh you put in parentheses as the cause of the tko he punched him Yes. Very, very, uh, very apt explanation. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Um, but round one before this finish, it was split. Now, at least Dante Mays didn't make it go to round three, but heavyweights are supposed to end in round one. He, they did kind of fail there. I'm a little disappointed, but all right, let's talk about Ron. If he had 505, that's all he needed. He would have won. Need five seconds more. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, let's talk about round one. Arlovsky lands right out the gate. He lands two strong shots. You, you hear him throughout the apex. That's probably the funnest part about the apex. You you hear the sound. I do like that. That's but one of you the know, things I like the most. Not to sidetrack too far, but ABC had the microphone way too high for their most recent event. I think they did it, that on purpose. And it, and it sounded horrible. It was driving me nuts. I think it was to avoid uh, the hot mics catching curses. Oh, okay. That would be my guess. Okay. I didn't like it. I'm just, I'm just guessing, but I think it makes sense. Okay. Anyway, back to the fight. Mace is kind of just moving around, not really doing a lot of fighting early in the round. I think it's a pretty low output. Uh, I think Arlovsky is winning much of the round until the end where Maze lands a solid Superman punch and a couple elbows that has Arlovsky wobbled. And like I said, he needed just a little bit more than five minutes to get him out. And he couldn't. And he couldn't. And you can't score that. You don't score that, but I'm just saying. Five minutes wraps, that's the end. He was dead. Uh, t- t- ten nine, ten nine maze for me. Well, he got deaded in the next round because he punched him. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I actually still stuck with Andre Arlovsky here. I felt like the lead that Arlovsky had built didn't quite get erased by what happened in the end. I didn't think. Right. Be, I didn't think because he couldn't get to that level that you're talking about. If he had more time, mm. 
I think with the more time, it's easy. But I didn't quite go there. I sided with uh, Ron McCarthy. You sided with Judges Brian Minor and Derek Cleary. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this is the typical. Just how do you handle that particular element of this round, right? Yeah. Which can be a very tough thing. It's it's highly subjective. We know every everyone knows what they're talking about. So really, we're just debating about the value of that particular thing versus the value of everything else that. Andre Lasky more or less had done in that round before hmm. that, right? It's tricky. In theory, you're supposed to give the immediate more weight, but how much more weight, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, he whacked him good. He whacked him good. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Super. You don't see a Superman punch too much. No. People would go crazy for that technique. Well, when GSP used to do it all the yeah. time, yeah. Bring that it was, back. That was my favorite thing to spam in UFC Undisputed. Will you hold R1 and press triangle? I don't remember the button the inputs, button. but yeah. I, I definitely, I, I used a lot of Superman punches. Now, some people had the crummy Superman punch, right? It was kind of like a little short one as opposed to the GSP one that covered a lot of ground mm. and was like a real Superman punch. Hmm. Yeah, I distinctly remember there were two different animations. GSPs was much better. Yeah. But, uh, but that is that is it as far as contested rounds. We, of course, got to love our, our finishes. We did five finishes in this. We had a lot of rounds happen, of course, uh, over the course of the event. But, yeah, five finishes, um, four of them by TKO, one by sub, two fights ended in the first round. And, uh, well, I don't think it would take a, a genius who's listened to our show to know which of those finishes was your favorite. But why don't you just I mean, it anyway? Jim Miller knocked out one of the best fighters uh, on this card in Jesse Butler. Don't be disrespectful. Um, I'm not being disrespectful. Um, Jim's win was the most impressive win on this on this card. <laughs> he would have beat Islam tonight, no doubt about it. I, I think everybody head. came away thinking that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Beautiful. He would have done it while holding a Taylor ham egg and cheese sandwich in his hand. Beautiful left hand slip rip. One for good measure to make sure he's out. Mm-hmm. Tan Dan steps in, says it's over, Jim. You got him. He's like, I got him. I think there was Jersey collusion there. I think Tan Dan helped him. I guess. I yeah. Mean, you turn turn this guy's lights off. That's obviously what happened. This guy, he's got nine submission, eight submission wins, and mm-hmm. a TKO win. He's a good fighter. And Jim walked right through him. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we're done with that uh, PR stunt, um, yeah. I mean, look, Jim Miller looked fantastic. Like you pointed out, he the did. Goat. He extended his UFC records for both fights and victories, and now he's well, how many how many TKOs or KOs does he have on his record now? Actually. Do you have that? Jim, you he know finished this. By the way, he finished this in 21 seconds. That was wild that it was the quickest fight of, of I believe, his whole career. He could fight next week. Put him on the card next week. He probably could. He probably would. Well, let's I do mean, it. Even at his age. He said, that's older. what he said. He wants to fight as much as he can the way he started his career. He should. Making up for lost time. I mean, that, obviously, he lost a lot of time because he was dealing with Lyme disease and all that kind of thing. But he was um, still fighting through it. I mean, it's wild. He, how many KOs he has? He has five KOs and... Uh, I'm sorry, seven KOs. Seven KOs. Seven. And 43% of them happened in the last year, according yes. to Sean Sheehan. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> it is It is wild how Jim Miller has found his power stroke. And he's not getting knocked out. Like, he, mm-hmm. he's fighters who've been around the game this long, they start to get a little chinny often. And that's not really happening with Jim Miller. When's the last time he even got knocked out? Uh, did he get knocked out or did he damage the guy's shin? See, I'm... You're doing the, like, uh, oh, we're at a bar in 1994. I'm going to try and think as hard as I can, and I'm going to use Cerrone? Google. Durani, Donald Cerrone, head kick? That's a long time ago. Are, are we thinking that's the last time that happened? Um, That's what it looks like Might to me. Uh, Dan Hooker knocked him out with a knee. That was that was about five years ago. Dan Hooker was never the same after that knee. <laughs> yeah, he was better. 
Was he? Yes, he went out and had some good fights. Be Paul Felder. That was a good fight. That was a close fight, that though. A, yeah, but it was a good that fight. That was close was and good. good he had a good fight with uh, with uh, Dustin Poirier. Oh, he actually beat Gilbert Burns after that. The power that he got from from kneeing Jim Miller in the head to beat <laughs> Gilbert Burns. I love I love the twist. Was the turns this takes, it's yeah. tremendous. But that's actually he he's only been knocked out two times in the last uh, ten years. That is quite a thing, and, and those are the only two knockouts on his record. So yeah, I mean I'm sure he's eating punches in that time, but he's not getting yeah. shitty. So that's that's good to see. Well, he 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 ate quite a, like him. He ate quite a few against Alexander Hernandez. Yeah, he did. He, he took a little. He bit did. He did. There, that's but. true. Um. But he kept going. He did. And he's still here. He's and still he almost tired. won. He almost choked him out. He has 19 subs. He needs one more for 20. That's how it works. And he yeah. wants he wants a Kimura. 19 plus one is 20. He wants a Kimura. I, I heard him talking about that. He want, he Because that was used to be his move in the gym, he said. Like, I would just train, if I was going to fight him, if I was Islam, just train Kimura defense. So well, if you were going to fight him, wouldn't, wouldn't you just be like, I'm done, I've been beaten? Also, the last time he fought, didn't he just have him? He, he just punched. I know, him but out? he wasn't looking for Kamora then. Oh, that's true. If I knew he was looking for Kamora, I would just train Kamora defense. Do you want to know what my favorite finish was? By the way, twenty-three seconds officially. Oh, 23. 23, yeah. yeah. My favorite finish was uh, watching, unfortunately, uh, Ketlin Souza's knee get exploded on an ankle lock. Really? Kare- uh, they called it an Achilles lock. They called it an Achilles. I mean, yeah, I guess because they, they the way he twisted it, but yeah. But uh, but yeah, Karine, Karine Silva getting the win there um, in just dire fashion for for Souza here. She had to be helped out of the cage a little bit. That was that was rough. You hate to see that. Her her knee is definitely in a bad way. So, um, but and having the, said that, it's still a fantastic finish on on the part okay. of Karina Silva. And I don't think she, you know, she didn't like reap the knee in like a like a way that she shouldn't have been doing. Like everything went everything went down as fast as it could, and it's just the way it happened, right? Oh no, no, knee reaping is is allowed. <laughs> knee reaping being illegal in in jiu-jitsu t- tournaments is just stupid it, you should be allowed to do that but my point i guess it's, i'm saying i'm it's probably using dirty. the wrong term what i'm really yeah. trying to say is that she didn't hold on to it let's say let's say like a paul harris version uh, okay. you know, she, it wasn't, it wasn't like that she let go. yeah no no everything was done in the up and up it just unfortunately went that way and that was the end um but that was yeah. my favorite and finish. then then you know the commentary team is is losing their minds over it, and then they're like, "Yeah, let's see it in slow motion from every <laughs> angle possible." And everyone's just sitting there at home, just crying and wincing <laughs> and holding their own knee and hoping that it doesn't explode by watching it. I'm surprised more fighters don't sit back for for legs like that from inside the guard. I don't think many fighters are comfortable doing it. I they, think, and a lot of them are super sloppy because you'll see them go for it and everything just completely slips off, and then they're very prone. So I think that's a lot of it. They know they're too sloppy. Yeah, we'll tighten it up. Well, yeah, that'd be fair too. Um, do we have the judging report? By the way, I don't think we touched. We upon do. That. We do. The 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 unanimous rounds. Yeah, twenty two of twenty nine rounds were unanimous. No ten eights or ten eight uh watches. No ten eight nine splits in yeah. this one. Uh, for a seventy five point eight percent uh unanimous, unanimous percentage. Unanim- yeah. Unanimity. Unanimity. I like that. Yeah. That's. Um, uh, I do think that's that a, that's just above average for for those who don't know. That's like a little bit above average. Seventy two, seventy three is kind of the average. There was a round I thought was a pretty clear 10-8, but uh, we won't get into that. No, we won't, because you don't want to add work. It's true. That was what you said. It's true. Mm -hmm. I do want to point out, Alex Caceres got a 10-8 in round three. No, we're not going to point that out, because Dan's too lazy to talk about that. So we're going to move on to next week. pointing it out. Nope, nope. Moving on to next week. UFC 289, and actually, I mean, this week, uh, is we're back with the pay-per-view. It's back in Canada, UFC, for the first time... Since pre-pandemic, British Columbia here in particular, Vancouver, which I'm going to visit this summer for a couple of days. Actually. Okay. 
We're going to Seattle for the big part of the trip, and then we'll also go to Vancouver a little bit. Nice. I was told that Science World is the place to go, especially with kids. Which Sounds like it's the bee's knees. It looks cool. It actually does. Uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, uh, Liberty Science Center, which is the local New Jersey science place. Ah. Uh, for those who don't know, Dan hopefully knows. You've been there, right? You must have taken a, like a school trip there. To Liberty Science yeah. Center? Yeah. My prom was there. You know what? That makes sense why they now do like like adult parties or like dance parties. They do, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of wild. So um that's neither here nor there. We gotta talk about the headlining fight here of a card that is like falling apart at the seams. Like they're losing fights left and right. Uh if we probably we could probably highlight more fights we wanted to see that we're not going to get than the ones we actually want to see. But I am interested enough in this main event with uh, Amanda Nunez defending her thirty five pound title against Irene Aldana because we were originally going to have the trilogy fight with her and Juliana Pena and I'm glad that's not happening next because it wasn't needed I didn't think right away yeah not right away if she if you want to put Pena in another fight where she's got to beat someone to get that shot I'm good with it that would be fine I have no problem with that but I don't think just because we have a split here that we have to immediately decide the winner because the UFC doesn't seem to think they need to do that with a much more interesting and deserving fight, which is Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira. They don't want to do that. Well, Pereira doesn't want to stay around. So I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty right? sure if they said, you hey, you so? can fight for the title oh, okay. again, he would fight he for would? the title again. You, you're telling me he wouldn't? You're telling me he doesn't want that one back? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he'll do it. I would absolutely believe oh. that. But but anyway, I, I like this fight better. I don't necessarily know what chances I would give Irene Aldana to win it or not. Hey, she got that up kick to the body. That was pretty sick. The only thing I so. will say is that, yes, to, to the liver, right? It was like an yeah. up kick to the liver. That mm-hmm. is That was one of my favorite knockouts mm-hmm. last year. That was wild. Um, but Mexican fighters are on fire right now, and it's often happening when we count them out, as was the case with her countrywoman, uh, Alexa Grasso, who is now the women's featherweight champion, or they, flyweight champion, excuse me. Are they all training out of the same gym? No, I don't believe so. No, she's no, not no. a teammate of Moreno and Grasso. No, no. Well, well, Moreno trains in in um, the United States anyway. Right. Yeah. Well, he moved there now. Yeah, he's been all over the place now because oh. he was he was with uh, the James Krause crew that collapsed yeah. too. So I believe he's now with Safe Saud. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, but I'm saying wasn't um, isn't I thought Alexa Grasso was part of his camp. I didn't think so. I, I'm not always the best at mm-hmm. keeping track of which camps everybody is at. It's just one of those blind spots that I don't track as deeply as mm-hmm. I should unless like I'm actually dealing with the fight, um, like interviewing the fighter or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, again, I'm just happy that this is the matchup. I think this is the one that makes the most sense competitively for Amanda Nunes at this point. Yeah. It just, it if, it's not, if it's not going to be, which I was saying for a while, uh, Valentina Shevchenko, but now Shevchenko's doesn't even have as much juice behind her because she doesn't have the belt. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a less attractive fight now, right? This fight, of course, being in British Columbia, as I mentioned before, we can highlight maybe some of the judges that we've seen in the past in British Columbia. The last time they were there was September 2019. Ages ago. Ages ago. There will be some you know local judges there. Uh, David Terrian is the one who whose name I often see the most. But very likely we're still going to get some of those high level um traveling judges that we see sal d'amato mike bell uh Derek cleary these are names that we've had in, in vancouver before we certainly could again it wouldn't surprise so you know i i think i'm not too worried about the judging this weekend i think we'll have solid judges. Depends famous last who, words depends who you ask that's true that's true <laughs> 
That is true. Um, what other fights you want to watch? Comain Charles Oliveira versus Benil Dariush, which would have been in Jersey, but it got should have been in by Jersey. Yeah, should have been. I mean, how many times is Benil Dariush going to have to prove himself? Um, seven more. Yeah, probably. probably. Yeah, he probably won't. If he if he beats Charles, he's probably not even going to be next in line, which I, is kind of sad. I actually think he will be. You I, think really, so? I do think this All is the right. one that's going to put him over, let's unless Connor decides he wants to fight for exactly. Time. I mean, yeah. yeah, and whatever. Off of a win over Usada. <laughs> Uh, anything else? Because obviously uh, that's yeah. the obvious choice, right? Yeah, Dan, Dan Ige and Nate Landwehr. Oh, yeah. Nate Landwehr is a crazy man. He's always fun to watch. Uh, I think he'll bring out the best in Dan Ige, too. I like that one at 45. I don't care that much about most of these other fights. I just don't. Uh, we, well, lost, I mean, we lost some good ones. Look, they'll be fine. Like I, I don't think it's going to be a bad card. Mike Mike Mallet and uh, Adam Fuggett should be... Uh... <laughs> I believe it's you, kid. That's not it. That's not. It's it's Adam Fuggett, and I think that should be a pretty pretty wild fight, actually. So, um, I like if you're asking me to, you know, if you're gonna make me pick another fight that I'm interested in, I would say, I you know, I think I don't feel good about any of these. Miranda Maverick and, right. and Jasmine. No, no. I, if I have to pick one, I'll pick Nasruddin Imavov and, and yeah. Chris Curtis. That's that's, that's my one. like up against the wall. That's the featured prelim. That's my up against the wall. Another fight that I think would be interesting, but uh, you know, a lot of middleweight fights just don't pan. I like out, so. I like uh, Ayman Zahabi. Ayman Zahabi. After yeah. the way he uh, Ricky Tercios fought against him, I was like, I uh, he's dead to me. <laughs> uh, but so now I become like an Ayman fan because of that. All right. So, Fair enough. <laughs> I might, I may be just reaching for something here, but I mean, hey, look, we have David Dvorak on here, who's uh, you know like roughly top ten, top fifteen in the world, uh, flyweight, going against Stephen. Uh, I don't know this this name. This must be a new signee, uh, Stephen Erseg. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll go with that. That's at least a, a high level fight. A, there's there's something there. So I like that. There's from a sporting aspect, at least there's some meaning there. Your boy's fighting. Who's my boy? Eric Anders. Your boy. Oh, your boy. That's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll probably talk about that fight. Yeah, we could also talk about Cobra Kai. He was in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, but I, th- I think we're probably going to actually talk about this fight. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, from from a judging perspective? Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, very likely. I think you're not wrong there. <laughs> yeah. that's pro- if, if that was of all the fights, that might be the safest bet. Mm. Uh, or uh, Diana Babitza and Maria Oliveira. Oh, wow. We lost uh, Wonder Boy and Michelle Bajeda. We lost a lot of fights. Yeah, we lost a lot of fights. This was this would have been a much more exciting. It's unfortunate, you know. The people of Canada have been waiting for a card, and this is kind of what they got. Guys, just fight her, like chill. (laughs) Yeah, just do that. Yeah, it's worth your money. That UFC's giving you a good thirteen percent of the pot. (laughs) Jeez. All right, that does it. We'll be watching these fights uh, for Scott's birthday. That's right. We're getting together, you and me, uh, and, some, and some buddies. Should be a great time. Well, then we'll talk about them on Monday. And that's what we're going to do. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> hope you guys enjoy them. I hope it works out better than we all expect. And, and uh, yeah, enjoy the fights, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, thanks for listening.